0: Are you looking to start a podcast like this? Anchor makes it super easy to get started with recording and automatically distributing your podcast to the most popular platforms all for free. You can create podcasts from your phone, computers, or bring in pre-recorded episodes and overlay them with free background tracks. Make money easily with no minimum listenership requirement. It is the podcast platform for all. Download the free app today from your app stores Or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to This Dev Life, the podcast for developers, where we talk about the daily life of developers, challenges we face, and how we overcome these challenges every single day. Join me and let's have fun together. hello 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 people welcome to another exciting episode of this day of life and this episode we're actually sourcing it up a little bit uh where we're adding video to it so that our followers can actually see what we're doing on youtube and any video channels they're watching uh, from and also get the audio experience of the podcast and today experimenting with me <laughs> i have lawrence agbani (laughs) i hope this goes well to be honest i hope it goes well Uh, so i have lawrence agbani testing with me he's uh dropping from germany uh where he's a software engineer so i will just leave lawrence to introduce himself
1: hello everyone um my name is lawrence agbani um i'm currently a software engineer working in Munich Bayern, for a firm named West Wing Group. Uh, basically what we do is like e-commerce for home and living and uh, it's been pretty exciting on this side so yeah that's pretty much everything you need to know about me right now.
0: All right okay we'll ask about more in the future um so let's get a little bit of history of uh how you got into this industry i know you've been writing code for quite a while now so how did you get started when did you start what language did you start with what language you write now let's get a little bit of that
1: Hmm. for me it's 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 uh there was a breaking like a start and stop and then start again um i was i i started coding in like I started coding professionally in 2015, but before that, I, I wrote my first line of Java and C code, et cetera, in 2014. And before that, I had written a small, tiny website in 2010. <laughs> but as of this time, <laughs> as of this time in 2010, I had no idea what I was doing, I didn't know what coding was. I just knew that I was building a website, but I didn't know what was going on. I had no idea. I had no clue. So I really would like to start my story from 2010, but, um, or to say my story started from 2010, but then that's not really, for me, it's not really much of it because I didn't know what I was doing. But then in 2010, I wrote the website and it was because of, um, it was because of a need. I was in a choir and then the choir needed, we always had this issue where we, we, we came to to practice to rehearse and then um everyone goes yo we cannot download the songs we were not able to download the songs and then we'd have to play the song for everyone and then we have to rehearse and practice together again was so much stress so i thought about it i was now i asked people around i was like what's the problem why can't you download the song and everyone went uh we don't know where to Download these songs from. And this was 2010, you know. Then we only had, uh, I think 3G was just coming up.
0: Yeah, we had, and then Edge.
1: Edge, we had Edge. Edge was the thing. And then ev- everybody just didn't have, and people weren't really internet savvy like that. So they didn't know the sites they could go download songs from. So I just wrote a little utility website that all they had to do was to, like type a search term, like this, the title of the song. And then I curated a list of websites, music websites on on that website. And then I just all I did was when when they type their search term, I just appended it to the search term of that site. So to the search URL of that site. Mm -hmm. So when you click on search from the little website I wrote, it redirects you to the search results on that website. All right, all right. Exactly. (laughs) And then you click on that. But then I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I just I just Got on somebody's site. I saw what they did. I was able to download the entire HTML. I went on HTML. Then was there was a site called HTMLQueen.com. I went on HTMLQueen to understand um, divs and all that stuff, or the HTML stuff and CSS. And then I tried to also understand um, a little bit around JavaScript, the little JavaScript necessary to to make all the uh, drop down and clicks and stuff happen. So that was that was basically that was supposed to kick start my career, but then I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I saw four years ago or four years later rather where um, I would meet um, a friend in school I was as at this time I was like in 300 level and this was when I met my friend in school that was a friend with this Google student ambassador and they had this Google sticker on the door I was like this person has a Google sticker on their door they must know something about tech so I knocked and then the guy was like oh he's not a Google student ambassador he's just some guy to the on this side uh, and so on I was like okay um, do you know how to make applications for devices please and the guy was like yeah I've written an Android app before I was like oh my god oh my god have written an Android app before come and teach me how to write this thing and then that was where everything started basically that was in March 2014 I was giving this headfirst Android development book um, by I think O'Reilly one O'Reilly book like that mm-hmm. and then I started to practice with that again i didn't know what i was doing it was java i was just copying the code from there and pasting it in uh in uh uh, what they call then it was uh, it wasn't intelligent just recent yeah netbeans and i would paste the code and then you have to setting up the entire android the adt was messed like Uh it was messed up it was the most difficult thing ever then but yeah it was cool ultimately i was able to get an app running and um over time by november i had to to understand little stuff about java interface and store and so on and so forth and then in december of that year i wrote my my first certification exam for for c sharp which you gave me the voucher you should (laughs) remember very well (laughs) so that was that was that was basically how my entire journey started into tech and um it wasn't all easy but this is just like a summary of how everything started and then in 2015 March I got my um, I got introduced into to someone that would basically start my first um, internship where I just focused on Android development and then during that internship I also learned um, I also learned how to make websites um, basically using PHP and then I also dived into DevOps then as at that time um started provision servers i was a microsoft partner at the time so i had access to microsoft azure Um, uh, so i used the the access i had to my advantage i learned how to provision servers how to set them up how to host myself basically i went on an entire experiment and then uh, there's this popular um, tool we have for hosting Um, all hosting sites use them uh, cpanel or something like that so i yeah, I did an entire experiment of installing. I installed the cPanel thingy on a server I provisioned and then tried to do all the networking and all that stuff. It was crazy. But, yeah, this was the period. And 2015 was where everything basically moved forward for me because that's when I started professionally writing writing code. So, yeah, that's pretty much how my career started. And here you are
0: today writing, writing and leading e-commerce solutions in Germany. I want to be like when I grow up
1: <laughs>
0: all right so that's a little bit of uh, lawrence history he professionally started writing code in 2015 but of course he wrote the basic website in 2010 for his choir uh so majorly i uh, saw a need and actually made something happen for that and that is sort of what drives most developers actually creating something for me for example i started writing code just because i wanted to know what was behind the programs i was clicking and here i am today <laughs> so it's just that inclusiveness that 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 takes us uh to where we want to be really
1: um okay so yeah for me, for me mm-hmm. the, the, one thing was also just like you mentioned like you you started writing code because you wanted to know um i, I also had that my my own was um we had this game boy games then and then you could see when you move the player with the up and the down left button and then the players are moving i always had this like question in my head like why how how do you get these players to move (laughs) and how does this work you know and that's why even before i I wrote the first android app in um i finished that app in november 2014 the first thing i actually developed was in a hackathon sometime in july 2014 which was a game i I developed a clone of flappy bird Mm. and because this was me trying to figure out how we can how people are able to make you know these things move how you how they are able to apply all the logic and all that stuff so i developed the flappy bird um clone for there was the competition in tinapa in calabar then microsoft um and the idea hub came together to to host that competition um yeah so i was part of it in 2014 and that's where i think second runners up or something Uh, so yeah
0: (laughs) all right okay so that's a little bit of history right there and now let's go into the next section, which is talking about what your typical day looks like as a developer. Uh what does your, from waking up to going back to bed, do you dream of codes at all? How does your day and night look like as a developer?
1: Uh, for me, dreaming of codes was something that gone. Like it has, it has come and gone. Like there were, there were the times for that. You know, this period during my internship period, I used to solve problems in my sleep. You know, a lot. That was a lot. Now it's it's rare. But then, then it was like almost every day because I would leave the office with a huge technical challenge or a huge technical problem of like um, maybe there's a Bluetooth receiver I need to connect to the Android app and I need to somehow make it to be asynchronous, blah blah blah. Lots of things, junk in my head. I go to bed and I'm figuring it out as well. Like all I dream about is code. Then, then you wake up and then you're like, yeah, I think I got it. And but these days it's it's a lot different because not like there aren't more technical challenges anymore but um with with practice and experience you a lot of things are a little bit easier so even if you're you're having to dream about code it isn't so much anymore because you know that eventually you're going to figure it out because now you have the tools you know um then I, i think part of why why it was much of an issue was because um there was this fear, like, can I be able to do this? I need to finish this. How will I be able to achieve this? Um, and that fear was always there. But now, with when you have, like, with knowledge and experience, you have some level of comfort with your skill that, okay, no matter how, how difficult this thing is, I will be able to figure this thing out, provided we have the documentation, provided we have Stack Overflow, we'll be fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's yeah. the car,
0: That Stack Overflow eats me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, but, but my regular day right now, um, at this point, uh, you know how the season is with Corona, I just wake up in the morning, I jump on uh, on my the first call, basically I wake up to the call every morning, which is um, a stand-up where we have, we can't really stand up now, everyone is at home, right? So, but basically what that means is it's a, it's a daily where we talk about what we did yesterday, what we're going to do today, and... Challenges we faced uh, in doing what we we're doing yesterday and uh, potential challenges we might face today. So, everyone gets to understand. So, this is something we have um, with regards to uh, the Scrum process. So, um, that's how my day starts. I wake up, I jump on the call, I jump and call my team members, and then we have this conversation. And everyone talks about what they did yesterday, the challenges they faced, who they think is blocking them, and who can unblock them. And then have that conversation with everyone, and then we're fine. Um, and then I jump on the board. If I don't have, have a pending task from the previous day, I jump on the board to look for what to do. Because um, basically, we have this board with tasks of, for the day or for the week. I jump on the board look for what to do. Uh, pick a ticket. If I don't have one already, uh, check what is required of me. Then I discuss with the PM. Um, or the product manager, I discuss with her like, "Yo, what's up? What do we need here? What's what's going on on this side?" And then, if there is any other thing I need from input from other people, I go to the other teams, have conversations with them, get to know what they need, talk to my teammates, and then I get to work. Um, so gathering all the info I need when I have everything, I jump on the on the code, and then coding becomes easy because now you understand what everybody wants and, mm, and you understand the requirements. Have to do, so. Yeah. And so you have to do so you just uh, you just write the code and then then you now have problems where which happens sometimes where I can get like some technical issues maybe uh, some logical problems somewhere mostly I'm done some most of the time I'm done you've done you've put out the pull request and then the team mem- the teammates will be like oh but what about why is this logic sitting here why don't we have this why don't we have that so it's mostly like uh, oh, business logic for this should be this way not that way and i'll be like oh but i thought we had a conversation about this I oh, we forgot we're sorry so please can you change this business logic to do this instead of that you know um we start having those back and forth. and then after that pull request gets reviewed it's approved it gets merged and then testing go ahead and start testing how the code looks like if it's fine on stage and then we're ready for live we deploy um, yeah, that's pretty much. And then you repeat the cycle the next day. <laughs> we'll go exactly the next day. Sometimes the next day isn't like this. The next day might be continuation of the previous day. If I have a very huge ticket, because there are some times where I'm working on stuff. And it's it's a very like massive requirement. It requires me to uh, write new endpoints, maybe two or three. And for each of these endpoints, you need to have tests, right? So you have to write tests. You have to... Uh, of course, writing code is one thing. Writing tests is the other, and then these things take time. So you have to write new endpoints. You need to write create files here, files there. You have to think about um, how the logic should look like. The best way to write it. All the software engineer practices that you think you know, you have to apply them, and then you're gonna have to write tests again to test your code before you push it out. Because if the code coverage reduces, everybody's going to shout, etc. So sometimes because of how much work has to be done, it can take like two or three days and you're going on the same, you know, oh, task, okay. depending on the size of the task. So yeah.
0: W- one thing I noted from your typical day is that you actually work in collaboration with other developers and stakeholders and the software development uh, team. Uh, what? How, how, how does that work out for you, working with other people on your team? What? How, how does that stress you out or make you happy?
1: Uh, so it can stress you out when you need an input from one person and the person is on vacation or the person is just not there. You know, there are some people that they have all the knowledge in their head and they're the only ones that have it. And no matter who you go to meet, and you're like, um, This person's not available, and, and I heard you're the next best person. Can you help me figure this thing out? And the person goes, Meh, I don't know it. You have to wait for that guy, and then you really have to wait for that guy, and you know. That's a problem. It can stress you at that point because you're blocked, you know, you can't move forward. And sometimes it's tiring because sometimes you have this mentality that, OK, I should just finish this and move on to the next thing. But now you're blocked. And then the next thing is no longer exciting to go to because this one has already picked all your interest and you just want to finish it and let go of it and etc. So that can be stressful, you know. Um, and then it takes some work to now bring your mind out of that entire task to go to something else while that one is blocked. Um, this can be annoying, but it can get exciting Where whereby you mostly, sometimes you don't have to do anything, um, you just have to talk to people and then everything is already done. Like, the entire concept of what you have to do is already there. Like, you just talk to this guy, you talk to this guy, talk to this lady, talk to this other person, and then you're all, by the time you gather ideas from everyone, you, you've already you're set up for one. success. All you have to do... Exactly. All you have to do is just go and implement. Because and it's it's very exciting when you work in a team with um, other smart people. It's really exciting because um, all you have to do is just have conversations. Smart people have this ability to always want to talk, like give you ideas. They are excited when you when you approach them to talk to get the ideas. So when Bros Hafa, if you wanted to do this, how would you do it? And see how far we wanted to do this. How would you do it? Oh, I'll do it like this, like that, like that. By the time you listen to everyone, you gather ideas, you're done. There's nothing to do anymore. You just sit down and then implement it in code. And it can be simple and and, and amazing like that. And it also can be annoying when you actually need input from someone, like maybe an actual business logic. Like recently, we had in my team, we had this, um, we had to implement a, a new feature for, I think, our ratings and reviews endpoints and we needed to call it an external service and this external service has (laughs) is not properly i know right and the external service has only one developer that works in it and the guy was on vacation and the documentation nobody knew where it was nobody had a link to the documentation so i'm like okay what responses am i am i expecting from this service What request am i even sending to begin with you know you don't know what endpoint am i calling and then we had to like chill and wait for bros to come back from holiday it was the most annoying thing ever because now you had other stuff to do like you just had to finish that project there are some other people that are waiting on you like we have the apps guys we have other you know we had other clients that are calling our endpoints and we cannot serve them just yet and we are promising them you know what this week we are going to kill it <laughs> End and something is killing end, you end, 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 end. <laughs> and then the week <laughs> I'm telling you and then the week ends and then you have to find some excuse and be like you see actually we would have finished or something and then the next week Bruce comes back from vacation and then you get out so yeah it can get annoying like that but also really exciting when you work with okay. smart people so
0: does that sort of cover some of the major challenges you face or are there more that you face in your day-to-day work as a developer Mm,
1: really, that pretty much covers everything because most of the challenges I want would most likely face in my day-to-day um, life as a developer would be around technical issues, right? Um, say, like there's product challenges where you don't have, like, there's a knowledge gap as to, like, what this product does, what this does, what this client should expect. You know, yeah there, there are some of those challenges too like um, recently I was working on stuff and like I'm relatively new to the team so the team I'm working with right now so like there are some things in depth that I still haven't covered in terms of knowledge and those things are really not things I should be bothered about but um, I should just know them anyway you know that there are those kind of stuff so I got to work on the task on those edge case things that I should... I shouldn't really know about. But now I had to know about them. And the developers couldn't help because these are not things the developers know. Like, for instance, we basically listen to business requests I write business logic based on that. So asking a developer, like, why are we having SKUs that start with H instead of Y? The developer will be like, hey <laughs> I'm a business. I don't know. <laughs> because they can't, they can't tell. Exactly. They can't tell you that. So uh, it, I have, at that point you have to go meet like the product manager or someone that has someone that's the product owner basically to tell you what the business was yeah, like thinking that. when they said okay they no longer want to have um, product SKU starting with H, I want to start with Y. So there are those challenges too, but you see those things can they can be fixed when you work with the I mean when you, you have good communication with your product manager, you can have those um, you can have those knowledge gaps filled and yeah so pretty much everything around everything i said initially covers my data because if you if i have technical challenges i have smart colleagues and i go meet them and i sit with them and i tell them oh you know what javascript is the worst language ever why is this happening like this why is false changing to true and then the person would have to have like the person can tell you okay this happens this is the reason why this happens like that etc so yeah Uh, pretty much
0: very much for that and to wrap this episode off uh i would want to ask you give three tips so if you were to start your software development career over again what three things would you do they can be a repetition of what you've done or something you will do better just give us three of those
1: Hmm, three that's uh that's oddly specific number but yeah (laughs) um one thing that i would do over and over again is i don't know people don't really like this but um it also shows it it can be a two-edged sword but that ability to always go hard at what you want like the determination like i want to know how to write java code and then everything you can do to ensure you get there. So, um, I'll give you an instance. When I was um, when I when I started with the uh, Android development thingy, um, I didn't understand Java. I didn't understand object-oriented programming. I didn't know what methods were. I didn't know what function. I didn't know any of these things. So, but there was one thing I was always doing constantly that helped, which was I knew someone that knew it. <laughs> I knew it very well. As I then did, I didn't also know what Stack Overflow was. I could Google stuff, but a lot of things you we were saying there were too abstract. I didn't understand. So, but there was someone that was there that said he understood these things well enough. I tried to spend as much time as I could with him, you know. At some point, even disturbing, like, Ross, I'm sorry, are you busy? You know, every time he sees me at his door, Ross, I'm sorry, are you busy? <laughs> Ross, I'm sorry, are you busy? You know... <laughs> constantly on his door and it he, that's I say it can be a two-edged so some people just take you as this person is just disturbing me. I should just not talk to this person anymore. But if if the person is a nice person, they would probably see that as passion and want to help you feel it. And that's what that's exactly what the guy did. And he's so passionate and he helpful and he for every time i had questions was always the right answer he would even give examples jump on his laptop and show me how the code runs etc and these things really helped so that first one that determination to go at it no matter what situation you have or you're going through i mean that website i told you i developed in 2010 i didn't do it with a laptop i did it with a nokia 5130 <laughs> express uh, music uh, phone you know and I didn't have a laptop. I didn't have a laptop till like, what, 2013, which was, like, a year before I started coding. And that's why I thought I was ready because now I had a laptop. I was like, yes, I'm ready to go at this thing. In 2010, I didn't have a laptop. I didn't have access to one. So, I'll use my phone to do it. So, how badly do you want it, you know? (laughs) And, And that's the question. So, I think number one thing should be that determination and that will to go at it. And if you're not really passionate about it, then you most likely might not succeed at it, I think yeah and um let's see another tip i would most likely have would be practice (laughs) practice as much um some people just take tutorial courses and then chill um or they just listen to people say because the thing is when a teacher or somebody that understands something very cool Like really well, sits with you and tries to explain it to you. It makes perfect sense. You are going to enjoy that moment because you are learning something new. Once a person goes away, right, and then you have to do it again. You realize that everything person said is most likely not. You can't. You can't understand. Like what is this? I'm I'm not understanding. You try to remember everything person says and it's going. It's going away. So, um, I think. What matters is when, whenever you learn something new, try and practice as much. I as in mean, this is for new people that are trying to get into software, try and practice if you if you learn hello world, yes, practice the hello world as much as possible. Know the syntax. Um know your syntax, practice the syntax. If you learn loops, know how loops work in depth, practice the loops, try and Use many scenarios of loops as much as you can. If you just learn if statements, go at it. Do the same thing till you're very good at it. So you just keep practicing till you master it. Because I think one of the challenges I had when I was when I started was I first asked the first question I asked them after looking at looking through like a bunch of code. First question I asked my mentors then was how do you memorize all these things? How like how do you go ahead to like how do you bring these things back again? So um the first answer I got was practice. I mean, with practice, everything just comes easily for you. So um, because the guy I was talking to, you had to write Java, C, C, he could write Python, you could just basically write everything. So and when he moves from one ID to the other, I could see him writing different syntaxes. So I didn't really understand what was going on because even the Java figure it out. I couldn't Im- sometimes I forgot. <laughs> sometimes I forgot some syntax, and you know, like how do you manage to store so much syntax in your head? But it is not really... Um, you're not really storing them. You're not cramming them. The thing is, if you practice more often... Um, these things become natural to you over time. Yeah. yeah, just become muscle memory over time. Just like any other hey, thing. Just one more tip. One more. Yeah. Oh, there's still one more tip. <laughs> I was trying to escape now. You just allow me to escape. <laughs> okay. me think um i think this one is related to the first one but i'm just going to say it anyways uh try not to excuses excuses are are the i think let me use this word that this my friend used to use excuses are the tools of the incompetent i think that's what he said (laughs) and don't be incompetent essentially so um and and excuses can come in different shapes and sizes you know like someone when, when people tell me oh I don't have steady power supply I'm like when I, I I did not just have steady power supply now when I started writing code I was in Nigeria I I was a student and you know students um, hostels or apartments we normally don't have lights it's the norm the norm is you don't have lights then you cannot decide you and your neighbor or five other neighbors can come together and contribute money and buy one gen. And all of you took your wire. Our generators suffered, you know, because of us. I won't want to buy fuel too. We have to sort of contribute to buy fuel just to have power supply. So everybody has these challenges in Nigeria. It is, it is. So when you now give an excuse that oh I don't have light and that's the reason why I'm doing it, it's just an excuse because the truth is, every single person that have gotten to the point where they've gotten to today in Nigeria with software engineering. Most likely went through these same scenarios, but like I said initially, what really matters is how badly do you want it. You know, so you can be willing to go as hard as you want if you really want it that badly. I didn't have as when I started in 2010, I did not have a laptop. But I was able to develop something for people to use, and they used it, and it was working. Um, in 2013 or 2014, when I had my laptop in school, we didn't have steady power supply. I didn't have a generator. But I was busy going every night, i go and sit in someone's room, plug my laptop, do the first 1st Android development thingy. I'll continue like that. And I'll stay in the person's room. Of course, sometimes inconveniencing the person um, and myself. But I didn't mind because I'm basically trying to fuel my laptop. Because once the person turns off their internet, most like most times what they do, they just switch off the internet to chase me away. But at that time, I know that I have enough There's power supply to three hours. continue, you know. <laughs> Yeah, to continue exactly before the laptop dies off so and it's just how bad they want it so as much as people can they should you know try to minimize how much excuses they give for these things and then um, and then just go at it so that's what this is one thing I'll tell myself you know even if as much as I do not have so much excuses to give sometimes I think the, the only excuse I had when I was learning was mostly I wanted to sleep Yes. i just have to sleep right now tomorrow i have lectures i have to sleep and then that would be the excuse i used to tell myself to close the laptop and then go to bed but as much as you can minimize the excuses and then put all the effort into it and we are gonna get there that's
0: a whole lot to dig in. thanks very much lawrence for coming on this episode of this day of life yeah i've learned from you even if you don't believe it i know you won't believe it but me i've learned I know you won't believe that's be, why I said it I first I don't, I don't for me. Honest. I've learned and I'll <laughs> take those learning into use. Uh so thanks very much. Uh guys and ladies, you've been listening to Lawrence Adbani talk about his life as a software developer, the challenges he face every day, and how he approaches challenges. And one of the key things he said for folks that are trying to get into this field is be determined, do not try to give excuses, and also practice at much As you can, and you will not regret it actually. Alright, so this is it on this episode of This Dev Life. We will catch you again on the next episode. Bye. to this Dev Life, a podcast for developers by Dara Ladabo. Thanks for joining me on the show. I'll see you in the next episode.